welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your host for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. For today's check-in, I thought since it's the episode where it's just pranks the whole fucking time, we could tell some prank stories. First, I will say... I'm very used to pranks being pulled on me, so I'm not very jumpy. My mom is the most patient person ever. Like, when I was a child, she would hide in a closet for over two hours just for the payoff of jumping up and scaring me. I love that. So because of that, you know, I've kind of got a tough skin for that kind of stuff. That would give me a fucking complex. Yeah. Yeah. It did a little bit. She also... (laughs) used to always pinch my butt whenever I would run upstairs. And this isn't, like, just as a little kid. This is literally until I left the house. So now, like, I feel very uncomfortable when people are behind me on stairs because I feel like people are just going to grab my butt. I'm not going to grab your butt, Jordan. (laughs) I I appreciate it. Our friends might. Yeah. You guys are welcome to. I'm cool with you all doing it. (laughs) I'm not going to. Thank you. (laughs) But when I was telling that story to my roommate who I had lived with my freshman year of college, he, like, kind of took it as a challenge to try and, like, get a jump scare out of me. Mm. So he would do the same thing. And both my ex-roommate and I, we were larger at the time. We didn't have any closets or anything because it was a college dorm. But what we did have was a little room with a furnace in it. So he would get himself wedged in between the furnace and the wall. And he would be there for, like, 20 minutes waiting for me to come so he could jump out and scare me. <laughs> what the shit? Are you serious? Yes. And I'm 6'5". He was about, if not taller than I was. And he weighed more than me. And so he would then slam the door open and come running at me. And then I would scream and he would be like, oh, I finally got you. I'm like, it's not the surprise. <laughs> it's like I literally have a behemoth running at me. And then he wouldn't just go boo. He would, like, shake me and, like, scream in my face. Oh, my God. (laughs) This wasn't, yeah, it was not your normal, like, jump scare. (laughs) And, like, plus, we only had one place to hide in the whole apartment. So, like, obviously, I knew it was coming. So, how about you, Allie? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. That's amazing. I'm not someone who would say I like pranks. Those people are all douchebags. But I enjoy a good prank. Um, And I've been pranked many times, so I've paid my dues. Uh, But one that really stands out to me is when I was a freshman in college. Uh, Me and my friend back then, we had met one of my still to this day great friends, Erich. And for his birthday, we contacted his roommate, who we weren't even friends with, and got him to let us in this room and decorated all of Erich's desk and all his stuff baby themed. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. We took baby gift wrapping paper and covered his desk in it Ooh. and got little building blocks that said baby. <laughs> and he got all these little baby doll, like little, like baby um, party things. That's so. So strange, Allie. <laughs> it just covered everything in it. And it was such like a, we're freshmen and this is all from the Dollar Tree because we're broke as hell. Oh <laughs> my God. But it's still one of my favorites. And I will never give up the prank. I currently have bangs because of pranking my sister. 
So wait, that's why you have bangs. <laughs> yes. I remember this. It was a whole saga where I had bangs for Halloween. Sent her a picture because she didn't want me to get bangs. They were fake. Forgot to tell her the they were on. fake. Yeah. Everyone oh. else knew they were fake, but her. So we saw in person, and she got real pissed. So then I cut real bangs. Oh my god! And sent her pictures, and kept convincing her they weren't fake by saying they were real. <laughs> for weeks until i saw her but then i saw her and had fake bangs on over my real bangs. so what you're telling me is you just lied for several yeah, months like, gaslit your sister you're never being sure if you have real hair or not so you're just a liar and it makes me laugh so much i cry i just love fucking with people Especially your sister. Especially my sister. She seems like she's very serious from my interactions <laughs> with her, so that makes it kind of easy. Ali's she- sister, if you're listening, I am so sorry. <laughs> she's just very wound tight and very headstrong. So I see the opportunity to then go, oh, what can we do with this? Mm. <laughs> what about you, Jasper? Um, well, I'm actually a nice person, so... <laughs> I don't really prank anybody. Well, fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, no. Like, I um, I don't like being fucked with, so I don't fuck with other people very much. Yeah, having, like, PTSD mm-hmm. and, like, extreme reactions to surprise where I've, like, punched people in the face before. <laughs> I generally recommend people don't, don't try and just don't that's why you do weird things like babies like not like jump out (laughs) i feel like i would not know how to handle just coming home in my room no i wouldn't either because i would be like someone's been in my home (laughs) i I would have that kind of reaction that's fair that's fair but my mom's grandfather was a real goofy motherfucker and would prank his grandchildren constantly (gasps) And one of my favorite stories is uh, he was playing some kind of game with them outside in the woods. I think it was like a monster game or something. And so he convinced my uncle that he had to be like tied to a tree and they were gonna hide around like out of sight somewhere and wait for like something to come out so they could jump it. But he just tied my uncle to a tree and then went oh back God. inside and left him there until it was night. This literally sounds like a cold open from Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, and then something shows up and kills my uncle. <laughs> like a monster just comes up and eats him while he's tied to a tree. In this particular instance, it would have been the Rougarou. Mm. Because that's that's the other thing. He used to dress up like La Lugaru all the oh, time wow. and chase them around the house and like jump out from weird places i want to be your grandfather that is such an inspiration lovely lovely prank stories from everybody but especially me the nicest person in the room i just keep getting like images of my head of now your uncle being tied to a tree and then there's a loud noise and then we cut to um dean and sam either sleeping or (laughs) so get this So we haven't seen that in a while, so... That's true. I don't think episodes. that... Did that happen this episode? No it phone call, but they were sleeping. with the prank and the spoon. Oh, that's yeah. right. Well, he was sleeping, though. Okay, but that's I was... That's true, one was sleeping. One so mad. The spoon part, oh. I 
wanted it just real quick. I'm just referencing a vine. I wanted it to be the one where the person's eating the McFlurry in the car and you pump the brakes and they <laughs> gag on it. <laughs> No. <laughs> and I'm like, we were so close. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is going to be the episode where we just keep talking about vines. I can feel it. <laughs> yes. Oh. Major vine energy in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today's episode is season one, episode 17, Hell House, the one where the boys fight the World Wide Web. This episode was written by Trey Calloway and directed by Chris Long. It originally aired on March 30th, 2006. Oh, so it would have been pretty close. April Fool's Day is a couple days later. I wonder if that was on purpose. April Fool's Day is dumb, though. You gotta save pranks for when people aren't expecting them. Otherwise, it's just wasted. Yeah, that's true. Also, like, people's April Fool's Day pranks are really fucking crazy. Like, how many fucking people are like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if I said I was pregnant? (laughs) Like, that's not funny. No. Don't do that. Don't purposely clog someone's toilet. Like, <laughs> Allie, you haven't done that before. Oh my god, she's she's done this. No, I have not. Have I considered making, making announcements? And have I had a fake pregnancy joke before? Yes. Okay, you were making this face when Jordan said the thing about toilets. <laughs> so I was just like, how could you? Allie, no, that would be Jordan, not me. Jordan would never. I would never. Also, I hope this isn't a read, Allie, but you were way too sensitive to deal with the fallouts of the pranks gone wrong. So you were walking on thin ice. <laughs> read that oh, bitch, Jordan. Yes. Have I cried during multiple pranks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, hysterically well, so. Allie's in it for the pain and the pleasure. Especially how you describe pranking your sister. You're like, she's very uptight and headstrong. And I'm like, and you're very sensitive, so you're poking a bull. And then when you get the horns, you can't handle it. I have once, because of course, Erich and my ex always pranked me. Um, Once they hid in their house, and every time I go to the bathroom, it was so dark in there, they turn off all the lights. And they would lay on the kitchen floor and grab at my legs. And one time I walked out, it was pitch black, and they were hiding somewhere. And I just sat on the floor hysterically bawling my eyes out. (laughs) (laughs) And finally they were like, um, like, what's going on over there? Jesus Christ. If someone did that to me, like, waited outside of the bathroom to grab me after I come out, I would just take the fattest dumps. (laughs) I would just eat, like, nothing but Taco Bell. And I'm going to make, the prank is going to be the smell when I open that damn door. <laughs> They're not going to have eyebrows left. Why I said it would be Jordan and the toilet pranks. I fucking knew it. Yeah, but Jordan wouldn't clog the toilet. Yeah. It's all about the stank. Exactly. Can we move on? So I did want to mention this starts in Richardson, Texas. Yeah. And I like how they really tried to make everything look as Texas <laughs> as possible. Big Texas. Big Texas. Big Texas energy. That, that, there was a sign that said Big Texas. I'm not just being like that. Yeah, it literally said Big Texas. And the, oh my god, and like their motel, there's like... The horns? The horns yes. right behind Dean's yes. head. Yes. And like, there was this shelf with multiple uh, metallic, gold metallic cowboy boots mm-hmm. that were different sizes, just like on the wall yeah. for some reason. Oh, and the, the fucking western themed towel yeah. that they had for Sam. Oh, so crazy. But I did want to get into uh, the cold open 
Um, I actually really loved this cold open. So good. It was one of my favorites so far. It reminded me of like Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yeah, because of the group dynamic thing. Yes. And there's that Jeanette McCurdy looking motherfucker who is the only girl of the group. Mm. iCarly. Yes. Yeah, that's why I don't know. You all might be a little old for this. I am. I'm (laughs) truly an ancient being. (laughs) And then we have that douchebag bro who, of course, makes some sexual. Any other parts I can hold? Mm. I should have just been like my big, fat, stanky nuts. (laughs) That's what I would do. Honestly, I would have been like that too. I would have been like my dick, (laughs) but also I wouldn't have held hands with a dude, so. I would have a hundred percent been her, and then I would have punched him. Yeah, I liked her. Mm-hmm. She had a she had that energy as that character from uh, episode ten, Asylum. Same energy. Mm-hmm. I think her name was Cat. Yes, just yes. like so over it with yes. men. And like he also like they they made men out to be really dumb in this episode uh, in yes. general. Yeah, which I appreciate, but. I was actually swerved by the suicide mm-hmm. in the haunted house because I was expecting like a monster to come up or someone to like disappear. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting them to turn around and someone have hung themselves mm. in the house. That definitely got me. Yeah. I was Okay, a speaking of that sentence you just said, three times in the episode they say hung instead of hanged. It's hanged if you're it talking about hanged. a person. <laughs> I disagree. I know grammatically. However, I think in our vernacular, it has changed enough that it needs rewritten See, in a dictionary. This is, the, this is the only piece of media that I can think of off the top of my head that has used that incorrectly. Oh, I listen to so much true crime and murder stuff, and all the time they say how. Well, I guess you're just the expert, Allie. No, I'm saying I listen to the trashy ones. <laughs> So they use poor grammar. I am not higher than you. I am saying I say the shitty one because I listen to the shitty things. I'm just playing. I just want to make sure. You reign supreme, but I'll take the trashy English. Thank you. (laughs) I am surprised that no one called that out. So I do actually think you're both right. It is hanged. Okay, can I say something, though? Mm -hmm. Just talking about that suicide... Mm. That was supposed to be the cousin Donna, right? Yes. Did she? But she wasn't actually dead in that scene. No. And they actually referenced that. Mm -hmm. So that's why no one could remember what she actually looked like. Because I think this is a repeating prank that people have been pulling. Oh. That's because, like, she had red hair. She had blonde hair. I disagree. Like, when they're interviewing people. Because I think it was all the people that were there. Was it all the people that were That one night. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so, too. Okay, I don't know. I just wanted to be clear. Mm -hmm. Like, just, Donna is not dead. Yeah. Yes, correct. Okay. I do love the hanging chicken feet mold and spooky graffiti ambiance. Oh, my God. The the graffiti makes me so mad, though. candles. Yeah. Hold on a second. Because... This was the stupidest fucking thing. They go in there and Sam looks at the wall and he's like, oh, that's weird. This seems, you know, ahead of their time. This one's before their time. And he looks at this symbol, which is a circle with like basically the Crusader cross, but a little less complicated. And he's like, that's the sigil of sulfur. Bitch, no, it ain't. That is not the sigil of sulfur. What the 
the fuck? That doesn't look anything like the sigil of sulfur. That's just the fucking Tory Burch symbol on all that white girl outfits. (laughs) It just makes me so... I'm like, that is the most basic... Mm -hmm. The... the, if you type into Google sigil of sulfur, it immediately comes up. It's just like the easiest thing to look like get yeah. on the internet. And this episode proves the internet was around at this time. Like you had Google. <laughs> yes. You had Wikipedia. There was YouTube even. They could yes. have looked up a YouTube video on how to draw the Leviathan cross on the yeah. wall. <laughs> I, yeah, I literally wrote down what are these symbols? Like even when they were like this, look at this reverse cross. It was like barely drawn reverse i was like if, unless you if you were squinting your eyes that just looked like a cross yeah too. yeah well because it was like basically in the middle yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah that made me so mad it's just so fucking lazy and like the fact that like no one fucking said anything about it like how many fucking yes. hands were involved in the production of this episode even the actors no none of them mm-hmm. none of them know what the alchemical sign for sulfur looks like you seriously none i don't know maybe i'm just i've had a very goth rich (laughs) upbringing and interest Mm. venn diagram or whatever i'm like waving my arms around just so you know (laughs) but like i idiots i do like i Agreed that, like, the kid and his cousin would mess it up, but then Sam. I have an issue with Sam. Yeah, because Sam is supposed to be the one. That's the other thing, is it's just not consistent. No. Like, Sam is supposed to be the one who knows stuff. And even Dean, like, even though they constantly are like, oh, Dean's stupid, he's not. Mm -hmm. Well, especially, like, the blue oyster cult symbol. Like, Dean's the one that recognizes that. I think yeah. it, this would have been... I'm okay with the symbols having been wrong. If they had walked in there and they were like, huh, these symbols seem really off to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the symbol for blah, blah, blah. But they did They, they did not. But this is a work of art because we do repeatedly get Persqueeter. No, it's just the one time. In my brain, it keeps playing on repeat. It then. does keep playing on repeat. I keep remembering Persqueeter. Persqueeter. That, it's like the most ridiculous euphemism that I've ever heard in my entire mm-hmm. life. Persqueeter. It's fun to say. It is fun to say. Mm-hmm. More teens should use that in their lingo. I agree. The next time someone sends me like a weird TikTok, I expect <laughs> Persqueeter to come up. Persque- Thank you very much. So I kind of want to talk about um, after the cold open, we had that cute little intro. Oh, with the spoon? With the spoon. Definitely the most, like, levity we've gotten Mm -hmm. in an intro so far. That's something that I like a lot about this season in general. And season two also is there's a lot of, like, very sibling Mm -hmm. banter. And it's cute. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make the reference now so I don't have to, like drill it down your throat they do reference Buffy in this episode and I could feel that the writer and director seemed very inspired by Joss Mm -hmm. Whedon's writing yeah and this because Joss Whedon doesn't tell jokes he adds moments of levity like that's kind of his writing Mm. style yeah I will say like Joss Whedon does a lot I I don't like talking about him same anyway I'm not a big fan. I love Buffy, but most of his work I actually find really aggravating. But anyway, his his dialogue tends to be really bantery, and I definitely see that in this episode. Yes. 
And Harry and Ed really remind me of the trio in season six of Buffy. Yes. Sorry. They're just Ooh, they're just yeah. weird nerds that they interact with. They gave the me like gang. major bulk and skull vibes from like Power Rangers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just it's just a comparison that I made and I'm sure others have probably made as well. So I just wanted to bring yeah. up it had a Buffy well, vibe. To so it. While we're talking about Buffy, mm-hmm. let's. Ju- I had another thing about it, and I want to keep it all together since yeah. Allie hasn't seen Buffy, no. so that we don't yes. talk about it too much. But I thought it was interesting uh, that they brought up Buffy, and it was these two characters who were like, Buffy's stronger than me. Um, you know, she's like this feminist power icon as far yes. as TV goes, especially genre TV. And in this episode right at the beginning, they, they're like, oh, this ghost is really misogynist. And, like, all of the violence, yeah. for the most part, is against women. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, very, like, That was what interesting. I yeah, had written down when they had made the misogynistic comment. I was like, how was this ghost different from any other ghost? Yeah, 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 that was what I wrote down, too. And it's, like, it's interesting because, like, that's the only time they challenge that. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think that bringing up Buffy or any of that negates the fact that this episode suffers from the same misogyny Mm -hmm. as the rest of it. Like, there's, in the beginning, you already mentioned the, any other parts I can hold, Mm -hmm. but then the woman who gets murdered later... The woman of color, who had no name. Yep. The thing was, like, dare you to go in the house and get a jar, or you can make out with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then her, like, that entire murder sequence was shown really graphically, which we don't often get in this show. Like, they'll show Mm -hmm. things in shadow, like, move the camera Mm -hmm. away, we'll get, like, a blood splatter, stuff like that. And I thought it was really significant that it happened to be a brown woman. um, And they showed that. It reminded me a lot of the excessive violence involving people of color that Mm -hmm. happened in Route 666, actually. Mm -hmm. They also, um, I do have a couple of things to say. I will say, too, um, one little thing I did appreciate was the Buffy comment. He wasn't talking about Buffy's physical strength. They were, like, referencing Buffy's willpower, which I kind of liked. I thought that was cool. With the violence against women, it's not only, um, like, in a modern day it suffered. The story itself, too, which we find out later, Mm -hmm. is a story completely made up by people. It's not a true story Mm -hmm. that happened in this universe. Of course, it was about a guy brutally murdering his daughters. Yeah, just a lot of internal misogyny. And Mm -hmm. something can be said, too. I had to do a little bit of thinking about this, and I don't think that this is what the writers were trying to get across, but the only woman who died in this episode, she was directly pushed to die because of, like, a man's action. Yeah. This was caused by a man, and I don't know if they were trying to make this point, but the women in this were very much, like, all of their, there are even the girls who were killed by their father were killed by him. Very much about, like, women being put in these vulnerable positions because of men but because we didn't have any resolution to like that just leaves me to believe that it was Mm -hmm. a little bit of like torture porn like i don't like using that word but right it's just kind of no i know what you mean yeah and it's funny because when i looked up cabin murders like so many times it is fear of brutalizing women and toxic masculinity hurting everyone because so many times in cabin murders it's like the tough lumberjack male brutally murdering everyone but often you see or read about more the depictions of the females getting murdered 
the thing about Buffy is it's all about subverting the murder mm-hmm. victim thing. That's like why Buffy was created. Yeah. And that's what this show, like in Route 66, failed to do. 666. It, Route 666. It had a story about racism, but then it doesn't subvert mm-hmm. in any type of way. It just kind of shows that racism racism happening for entertainment. And that's kind of what we get with these women being tortured. Yeah. Here. Well, and, and, you know, it's not, like we said, it's not any different from any other episode, except there's, like, this veneer, like, of self-congratulatory, like, mm-hmm. oh, we're so like aware you know it's like similar again to route 666 where they're like we white heroes did the thing you know yeah and when it was like she the woman who gets murdered says um that she'd rather go in there than make out with him i'm like anyone should do this so the one person who's right in this episode gets murdered for it and weirdly, it, like, never has mirror shots except with her. Yeah. Which was fascinating to me that she is seen this way. And she's clearly, like, gorgeous. I think they tried to dress her down a little. Yeah, with, like, the glasses. And she's, she's wearing smart. hiking shoes. Yes. And she, she, yeah, I'd like a lot more about her other than just this brutal murder. Yeah. Very weird. I wrote down about the mirror, too. I, mm-hmm. I wondered about the purpose of that, because we, we already know that mirrors mm-hmm. are significant thematically. We know that, yeah. you know, people involved in the uh, writing process mm-hmm. for the show have thought about mirrors. There was a whole fucking episode about <laughs> yep. mirrors. So, like, what, what was the purpose of the yeah. mirror there is a question that I'm left so, with. I feel like this episode did a lot without purpose. Mm. Tell me if you disagree with me. Maybe my brain just missed something. But with the whole prank wars thing, <laughs> I thought that that was supposed to be a parallel to the Tulpa. Like, I thought it was going to be like, this is what pranks are. This is what things can lead to. But then it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It's a Chekhov's gun issue. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That is something I don't like about it either. And mm-hmm. while I find the end hilarious and satisfying yeah. in like a got him kind of way yeah. it's like it narratively you're just like what especially because they don't even they don't even kill the tulpa mm-hmm. yeah. they, they just leave it there and i i wonder if that makes me think about how they end the episode like truce is it a truce with yeah. the tulpa then too like <laughs> especially they then they they've told us how the tulpa works so they could have burned the house down and just told the guys like can you just stop writing about this particular mm-hmm. story probably no more issues i don't know it's weird this is a weird episode it does a lot i like but it's weird yeah (laughs) oh my god ollie jinx (laughs) jasper is going to talk like that for the rest of the episode to mock me and i fully support it (laughs) so if it's okay i kind of want to pull it back to the intro and talk a little bit about the boys yes please yeah of course of course one thing i really appreciated this episode this is the most teeth i've seen from <laughs> dean and sam they are smiling mm-hmm. so much this They're episode so cute. when sam is like in the car after the prank and like after he gets it and he's like oh i'm gonna get you back and just a little smile it's mm-hmm. a cute episode it's happening again but when the episode first started and with the spoon I just, like, immediately teared up because of how adorable and (laughs) tiny they are. I'm just like, oh, my God, they're babies. They're just little babies. I will also say, even though I just loved both Sam and Dean in this episode, 
this is like the first episode we watch where like their relationship has not been developed really much except True. for finding out that you know they're not always so serious with each other yeah i i mean i uh, disagree a little bit just yeah. because i feel like what they've presented us with most of the time is a contentious relationship mm, yeah or at the very least a strained one and i feel like we need we need episodes where their dynamic is mostly like this or at least some of the time like this mm-hmm. to understand that they do get along and they like each other. This is, I will say, one of the first episodes besides maybe the prayer episode where they really felt like brothers. Yeah. Prayer. Oh, Faith? Faith, yes. Yeah. Because they felt like brothers there, but obviously their relationship was very different in that episode. Sure, yeah. But, Life um, or death situation. Yeah, this, they, they did. They felt like brothers. They were teasing each other. Mm-hmm. Like There's such kids in it. Like, do you know his double dare i love that and then also when we tie in not only like them the pranking and their relationship with each other and then we also tie that into the general campiness of this episode it really does just create Mm -hmm. an entire atmosphere yeah that is Mm -hmm. very different and i very much enjoyed i will say and i thought the atmosphere this is one of the best scenes in season one to me by far is the scene where they're interviewing all the different people Mm. who were there and they're flashing between how the stories are so different and this really would be what they're dealing with all the time yeah is bad eyewitness encounters and them all hanging out in like the one diner in town this was like scooby-doo meets riverdale yeah. yeah. And I just want that. Like, I, that's so fun. I think we had said it reminds us of the Mean Girls scene when they're all talking mm-hmm. about Regina George. Yeah. yeah. And I think the way it's montaged, but then they're mm-hmm. all together agreeing, Craig. And that, yes. just that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a very good, um, like, punchline. Like, the follow, yeah. the follow through yeah. of that whole, like, it's not really a joke. I don't know what but I'm trying setup. to say. Yeah, like the, the setup of that mm-hmm. line is just really, really good. With that scene, in like conjunction with the diner scene, I think this episode did like a really good job of setting up the bad guy too. Like we built a lot of intrigue around it. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any payoff, of course, of course, as we right. already talked about. But um, I kind of like the idea of a montage of interviewing townies. Yes. Like, the town is affected by this, and the town should be a part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I wish was in more episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see that more. Especially because there's, like, most of the time we're meant to understand they're in, like, tiny towns in Mm -hmm. the middle of nowhere. I think the average town size in America is something like 6,000 because there's something, yeah, because there's so many really, really small towns. So, you know when something crazy like this Mm -hmm. is going on a lot of people are going to know about it and be talking about it because of how small it is so Mm -hmm. i don't know it just makes it makes more sense to me that they would be just a little more they would have more interactions Mm -hmm. with people i'm rambling now i'm i all i mean is that i agree (laughs) you're totally right though like yeah i think that's Mm -hmm. especially in like i I haven't seen the whole show but in the first season the first season is very serialized Mm -hmm. so i feel like it kind of makes sense at least monster of the week baby monster of the week stuff I think it really balanced well, too, with our two characters who are mocking, like, all the ghost hunting shows. Well, they're and, also mocking Sam and Dean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was so good having the mix of that interviewing the different townspeople and then this in the same episode because it did feel like um, how the 
how it would really be like, kind of like the behind the scenes right. and putting in the context of the real world rather than this angsty from their perspective view. Right, right, right. Yeah. It um again reminds me of X Files. Because yeah. the way people talk to Mulder when he goes around and is like asking questions, even though he's an FBI agent, <laughs> he gets treated like an idiot all the time. I love that. Yes. Like, it's just a lot closer to, you know, how I think Dean and Sam would actually get treated, asking all kind of crazy questions about cold spots and what have you. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time to talk about the fashion? The fashion? The fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Dean's button-down denim shirt supremacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean looked good this episode. Uh, Minus. I love that shirt. Does he wear that necklace all the time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a necklace. It's a necklace. <laughs> we won't get into that. I will say um, the paranormal investigators, Bulk and Skull. What are their actual names? Oh, um, Harry and Ed. Harry and Ed. I'm calling them Bulk and Skull from now on. <laughs> I really enjoyed them. Wait, which one is Bulk and which one is Skull? Ooh. Um, I, Skull was the one who was a little more like kind of anxious and nervous so mm. i would say the uh the one with the darker hair would be skull that is harry harry would be skull and then ed would be bulk um oh d- since we're talking about them mm-hmm. uh the actor who plays harry is travis wester and he is in the euro trip movies mm. he's jamie and the other guy is aj buckley and he has been in csi new york as adam ross mm. oh okay but um, how they styled Harry kind of gave me flashbacks to being in high school at this time because I am so bad about wearing the cargo shorts with the dress-up blazer. Oh my god, I wrote that exact thing down. Yeah, that was something we wore so back bad. then. It was so bad. You wore them you know, I see all these fucking yes. babies on the internet. I know we talk about this all the time, but we see all these fucking babies on the internet being like, oh my god, like fashion in the early 2000s no bitch watch this episode that's what it really looked like and and like okay this is like another minor thing the past couple of days i keep seeing people like cute posting about and it is cute okay it is i know it is deep down in my big dyke heart it's adorable people keep posting about dean having sweater paws and like his long sleeves being passed like past the um like the bottom the ball of, of his uh yeah. hand mm-hmm. or whatever i don't know what the fuck to call that past his wrist literally that's just how people wore shirts everything yeah. was too long too big yeah, so were... yes is he he's adorable but it's just because he's adorable everyone dressed like yes. that because we were all fucking idiots if you were a goth kid you actually would cut a hole or two or two and you would put your thumb through it no 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 jordan or oh, chew chew yeah, and you would you would because put your thumb through it. It was... if you were a goth weirdo, you probably also had some kind of uh, hyperactivity or other neurodivergence that yeah. caused you to be socially ostracized that you took out on your clothes or your hair. <laughs> yes, more of the story. We unfortunately did not all dress like the popular girls from Jawbreakers. Yeah, we mostly did not look like Cassie. We mostly looked like Ed and Harry. Yeah. And when I say true. we, I mean the human population, yes. not just us. <laughs> Although we were probably peak examples of that. <laughs> not Allie, apparently. No, I would never wear pants like that. Allie's over here wearing like denim skirts and puka shell necklaces <gasps> or whatever. <laughs> I can't sit here wrong. But I'm mad you called me out like this. <laughs> 
you didn't have to tell us the truth in season one, episode two, Wendigo. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you did. True. It is always a vibe. And even when I watch this, I like think Sam looked cute in his two t-shirts under each other with one poking out. I'm like, that was my vibe. He did look cute. It was a rare Sam not having a horrible shirt moment. Mm -hmm. Can you guys um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ed and Harry say if we go through with this, like we're going to have fame, money and sex with girls. So are we supposed to believe that they just like (laughs) fuck each other? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. That's right before the, what would Buffy do? They say sex dot dot dot. And then the other says with girl. Yeah. So yeah. That's the only thing that I can guess is either with each other or other men. Yeah. Or non-binary individuals. Yes. This show's not gay. (laughs) Um. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, actually, God, we just keep talking about Buffy. The trio. Uh Okay, so so in the trio, Andrew canonically is like interested in Warren, and that's the whole reason he's in their little thing. Yep. And that's so funny to me now. Oh my God. Yep. (laughs) I can't believe. Oh my God, that makes me think. Did you just say persqueeters again? Yeah. It's now my, like, thought word. <laughs> You're just going to say that instead of, um. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that, oh my gosh, their jokes they give at Ed and Harry are so fucking ridiculous. Like, one of them goes, sweet lord. And then Harry Of the goes, rings! Of the rings! <laughs> I like the weird line about, yeah, it's all the pot we smoke. Yeah. Like, okay, that, I, I hated that. Same. Mostly just because, like, they don't seem stones to me they just seem like idiots exactly like whoever whoever wrote that line well i know who wrote that line i would like to sit down the writer and director of this episode and ask them in all seriousness have they ever smoked weed before because that's not what that looks like (laughs) well and that's something about the jokes in general in this episode like i enjoy them because i like the feeling Mm -hmm. of this episode but they don't have like an actual punch to them the jokes aren't like haha funny yeah i think the pranks are pretty funny yes the pranks are funny the bottle the um super glue to your hand with the beer bottle that, that was yeah. great. I, yes. I think what makes that part really good is then him being like, I did, and pulling out the super glue and then pulling the stupid <laughs> string <laughs> on the fisherman. <laughs> can we can we all tell what our favorite prank from this episode was? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Because an unpopular opinion. My favorite one was the car one. The spoon? The, the, not the spoon, but the car alarm. Like, the, the, radio. the radio. Oh, yeah. Just because it scared Dean so bad and then watching him play it <laughs> off. Just, I was dying inside. Like, like when cats miss when they jump yeah. and then walk away. And they're like, oh, that's what I meant to do. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> his demeanor there. Um, I put for that one, Sam's prank is so fucking lame. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of the humor of it, though. Well, yeah, they're slowly building up. Mm -hmm. They're escalating. Yeah. I do like that the final escalation, they are both pranking the other two and not each other. Like, they're so frustrated with those guys that they're like, you know what? Fuck it. And like a mm. dead fish in the backseat of that's someone's car. Evil. That's disgusting. My favorite is the LA phone call from the producer. Yeah. yeah. That's so fucked up. Yeah. 
I think my favorite one overall, though, is the beer bottle. And I like the follow-up joke about it. Okay, so here's how I thought this episode was going to work. Because the whole time, we find out that the tulpa, like, was... It's something, like, this spirit was created by people. Like, by the Mm -hmm. prank itself, snowballing. Yeah. And I thought, like, the itching powder in Sam's underwear was going to, like, make him week for a hunt or something and was gonna be like oh no their prank caused like also a snowball effect to like not mm. be funny anymore right but no they were just pranking each other for the hell of it right there there's just no narrative follow-through yeah at all um, but i did like the tulpa kind of the idea of having a tulpa as the enemy because it's a really obscure monster did you have any notes on that or? yeah i have issues with supernatural Okay, let's let's hear them. As always. The Tulpa sign is correct. I believe it's just backwards, which kind of makes sense for, like, the idea that these people were just copying out of a religious textbook. But from my research, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tulpa means emancipation or manifestation. And it's usually referred to, used to refer to, like, either an imaginary friend or a semi-permanent auditory and somatic hallucinations. You need to meditate a lot to reach this state. It is in Tibetan Buddhism. And it's where you learn the language of invisibility and the invisibility of language was a quote with it. So if you're on TikTok specifically, which talk, something that the community has been talking about or like learning about a little bit, there are modern day talpas. People have seen other people using it in their crafts and they're like, you can't do that. It's a voodoo doll because a lot of people will use like a doll Mm -hmm. to do it. It's not a voodoo doll. It's a little different. So pretty much what a talpa is, it's something that like spiritual practitioners will do to call a spirit that doesn't actually have a mind. It's just like kind of a husk of a spirit to do like things for you. A lot of times they it will like have a physical anchor that it will be attached to. So it's kind of like a, if you've played Dungeons and Dragons, Unseen Servant would mm. be like a talpa. So talpas are fairly new. They're from the um, 20th century is kind of when this term came to be. But they are rooted in Buddhist traditions like it is appropriated from Buddhism pretty much. So I don't know if that clarifies a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And the thing that kind of transfers over is that from Buddhism, it, they were often seen as helpful. And my favorite fun fact about them is that they're assumed to be human, but usually they're gender fluid, gender neutral, or pan-ethnic is what the internet said oh that's interesting yeah so i thought it does go with the like not as necessarily defined like not like when you name a demon or something like that but yeah it definitely has been appropriated and it's kind of well with this episode and the idea of energy to create something new Right. I think that definitely comes up because so much of um, not just witchcraft, but ideas in general are just old ideas that are taken, stripped down and changed to something new. Right. You said something about the symbol being backwards. Mm -hmm. Did you see what it was? Because when I looked at it, I thought it might be Ohm, like literally just Ohm. Oh, is I looked. So I looked it up and I was like, no, Ohm goes the other direction. But now that you say it's backwards, I'm like wait (laughs) oh they might be the same symbol then that's really interesting i wonder 
someone is probably already shouting at us someone listening is probably knows this answer and is shouting at us oh i was gonna say someone has probably already posted about this on their tumblr (laughs) or on the supernatural (laughs) wiki or something so i'm just gonna look that up While you do, I have just two little fun things because this one, it wasn't really rooted in anything specific. We're going to talk about Austintown, Ohio, which I found out there's a haunted cabin in the woods half a mile from my grandparents' house that I have spent a great deal of my life at. Wow. And haunted cabins are all over the U.S., all over the world. Like, this is something that's very frequent. It's a frontier-style cabin built in the early 1800s off of Raccoon Road. Calvin and Martha Austin built it. It was abandoned until 1973, and then it was used as a church. And there are recurrent sightings of a headless specter. And now this is like a lot of cabins in Ohio or historical houses in Ohio. It's turned into a history center. So I just wanted to shout out to that one. And then also huge shout out to Cabin in the Woods, which is an awesome 2012 movie that goes over so many of these stereotypes, um, which I think definitely plays in because of the writing online and the perception. And that's what feeds it. That was also written by joss whedon and directed oh i didn't even know that and if you look up there's a list of all the tropes in cabin in the woods and honestly it's countless um but some i really did like that come up in this are kind of the all men are pervs apocalypse now comes up in cabin in the woods also the idea of like devil but no god and the die hard complete mess and fight in the end so just shout out to that movie if you're looking for it something that goes more in depth and plays with tropes but definitely it. don't support joss whedon yeah, fuck him. oh yeah fuck joss whedon sorry i definitely spaced out for a lot of that <laughs> but I, I came back when jordan was like torn it i'm like well we're hating on joss whedon now i'm back <laughs> Oh, there was, you know, the, the, I hate rats thing, yes. which I think is suppo- it's just supposed to be like a cute, like reminding you of, um, Indiana Jones mm-hmm. thing, yeah. but his thing is snakes or whatever. But what I, I like about that scene is it really reminds me of Phantom Traveler as well, because he has like the, it's about like the, uh, tangible versus illogical fears, like things you can fight and things you can't. And the way it plays out here is interesting because they can't really fight the tulpa effectively or they're unable to inevitably just because of the big server error thing. Yeah. But he can actually do something about rats. Yeah. But he's still like, no, I would rather there be a ghost. So I like, I thought it was an interesting little reversal there. And I love how we get all these little tidbits about him. I feel like you, you don't get as many like sprinkles about mm-hmm. Sam for a while. Yeah, like we know about, you know, Dean liking little finger food snacks also, and yeah, being re- afraid of airplanes and rats mm-hmm, and whatever, yeah. but they also reference um that this pranking is not a new thing. It was something they did in their childhood as mm-hmm. well with like Nair and Shampoo. Yes. Yeah, so all I could picture for the first like five minutes is Sam Bald and it's very unnerving. Mm-hmm. I did like that the house, they explained why it looked the way it looked, because it looks mm. so ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, why are there just chicken feet hanging up? I'm so glad they explained that. Right. 
was the weirdest ending <laughs> we've had in Supernatural yet. Yeah, they're just like, fuck it, and they burn down up. the house. Yeah, they gave up. They just were like, we can't do it. <laughs> they're and like, burn it down, hope for the best. Then they give such like a metaphorical thing, like, it only exists because we believe it. Oh my god, I hate that so Tinkerbell? much. Is when, when Sam is yeah. like, how many things that mm-hmm. we've killed do you think only exist because, like, people, people believe in them? In them? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just such a, like, ham-fisted, makes-you-think moment. I'm just like, shut up. It definitely makes you think because they don't mean anything by it, so it really boggles the <laughs> They, like, really just pulled a stunt on us. And literally the whole show is no one else believes this shit is real. Right. So what happens is when they say that line too, as stupid as it was, Dean's eyes open so big. Like he is actually (laughs) shook for a second. Yeah. I'm like, are you the ones that have been stoned this whole time? Actually? (laughs) Because. What are they trying to tell us by saying that line? Like, I don't even fucking know. It just like adds to the whole fucking mess of this episode. Yeah. To me, it's like a quick of when you're super trashed at a party or with friends and someone says something and you're like oh my god no one's ever thought of this before yeah exactly that's why i'm like oh they're stoned (laughs) it's not it's not the ghost facers Mm -hmm. at all this is no revelation (laughs) yeah it's just very weird very Mm -hmm. weird moment Oh, also, this episode, I think I found out why they rarely use disguises, because the police are such idiots. Like, holy crap. Well, the small town police are, for sure. But I think, like, as they start to gain more notoriety Mm -hmm. because of shit like skin, and when they're in areas that are, like, larger, like cities and stuff, it just becomes very strange still, because, like law enforcement while i think it's always ineffectual and bumbling it you know they have more manpower and like a bigger budget Mm, in uh in cities so it becomes harder to get away with things and then you know once they're in that fucking fbi database yeah listening to episode eight's recording again when I see the cops running through the woods and chasing people in this, all I hear is the Oh, the Benny Hill theme. The entire time it fits so well with these cops running through the woods and then finding that damn laughing thing in the woods. Yeah. They were actually going for that tone in this episode. Yeah. Okay, but okay, speaking of the tone. I think we would agree that this episode swings between really lighthearted and pretty dark. Yes. And this is kind of about the tone of the rest of this season, too, (laughs) and how color affects things. And I know we've complained time and again about things being so gray that we can't tell what color articles of clothing are can't even tell what people's eye colors are or hair colors Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and you know that is an issue but i think color and light and things like that are used primarily for mood and what they're trying to do i understand with the muted color Mm -hmm. it's they're being grim dark they're being oh this is a horror show spooky business la 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 but i think it undercuts the narrative Mm -hmm. when it's all the time yeah you know like if it's not appropriately edited yeah like why is it grimdark when (laughs) when they're putting a spoon in sam's mouth like (laughs) like it could stand to have some color saturation there i think 
and you know and so it makes like the moments of levity mm-hmm. a little lighter and the moments of darkness a little darker mm-hmm. when when it's just actually used appropriately and this is the first time that i've actually explained what my real problem with, with the grayness is um so you're welcome yeah yeah dampens everything i do think it's gotten better than in the start of the season by far yeah because at the start of the season i can't believe after getting farther each time i go back I'm yeah like, this is grayscale it's just grayscale. yeah i i think the one that really gets me in the early season one is um episode three with the lake yes um that one is yes. just extremely like hard. you can't tell what color anything is well even mm-hmm. with like this one so this episode was also mostly t- takes place during daytime yeah and it's just like the sky is like pure white right with the gray. it's so, it's so strange yeah yeah yeah, I think color is something I always, like, equate tone to this, too. Yeah. You don't notice it until it's really off. Right. And I think this is the point where even if you're not looking with a critical eye, well, it's off. And yeah. this is a little tangential, but, like, filtering can literally ruin something. Because mm-hmm. if you remember the first Superman movie Henry Cavell was in, which would have came out right after The Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. the one with Heath Ledger, that was an incredibly successful movie. And for nolan used that filter to create a tone and he, he changed it he switched it up yeah so to capture that feeling the superman movie they put a, a bluish grace filter over the mm-hmm. whole entire movie and it was so tonally off and it was like all critics could talk about right it's, it's distracting it's so distracting yeah and i think like i don't want to i don't want to be thinking about that during this episode like yeah. i want to be enjoying the dynamic it's it's something i can kind of ignore a little bit in, in most of the other episodes but when like as the series goes on and they try and inject more and more levity into it it just needs to go away more and more and it does mm-hmm. go away more and more so like thank god someone was like we can't keep doing this especially like recording technology in 2006 is not what it is today so you have the gray filter and like not as good of a lens yeah it's just it's foggy yeah it's very it's hard foggy. hard to tell what's going on and it's so frustrating because like during this time period i'm sure gladiator was out and that used it at times like the very dark yeah color scheme well but... and the other the other thing is that i think it's so ridiculous to be like oh because it's like like thematically dark or because it's horror or sci-fi or whatever then it automatically needs to have this sort of yeah like mm-hmm <laughs> grim and gray appearance to it you know i i don't think that's necessarily true like i i love what's going on with horror today like now like thinking about movies like midsummer is obviously an extreme Mm. example because it's all so so bright the whole time but you know i always think of the oh what's the hide and seek one um it's called like ready something ready or not it might be called ready or not i think it is such a fantastic movie and in that one there are even scenes at night and there's a wedding scene and she's in the wedding dress the whole time and everything's still vibrant 
a quiet place is one that I like to um, mm-hmm. think of with that well, as well because yeah. because there's you know moments of, of peace and serenity mm-hmm. and life like family life and real joy and stuff going on yeah um, well, yeah th- that's contrastive with what's going on in the um, the monstery elements and I think you know if you're missing those things from your narrative entirely even if it's horror it's not gonna be good because <laughs> because there's yeah. nothing to counterbalance like there's no stakes but that's an entirely well, different issue what my problem with it is why i hate jump scares in horror Mm. it's because the filter and jump scares kind of do the same thing when you see the gray filter they're pretty much telling you how you're supposed to feel the same with a jump scare like you're not genuinely scared you're tricked into thinking you're scared yeah you have a physiological response to stimulus so it just feels lazy to me (laughs) we're all like fuck this yeah (laughs) oh well i like honestly it's gonna go away it's not that big a deal it's just It's especially annoying in this episode. Also, for yeah. anyone who's curious about why we hate the grayscale so much, here you go. This is the episode for it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thematic tie-in that I noticed, uh, going along with like the pranks, which just doesn't pay off, as we already talked about, the idea of lies and mm. stuff and conning. Yeah, I thought back on other episodes where we're encouraged to tell the truth. And yet here, it like sort of undermines that. Like there's that whole scene where they're playing off each other, conning Harry and Ed to like get them to post the thing on the website. And I just, I keep, I kept thinking about bugs again, thinking about episode eight because of like the emphasis on honesty and dishonesty Mm. and how that plays into identity. The real you versus the fake you and... Then they're talking about what is the reality actually with the monsters we fight when he makes the makes you think comment. It's just a weird time to be thinking about those kinds of themes. I think like as another reason why I just like this episode makes me like just question marks are coming off of my body (laughs) in waves. (laughs) I also in that same thought... I didn't fully understand the parallel between Mm. Dean and Sam and Ed and Harry. What do you mean? Well, like, because when you introduce a character like that, where they're also investigators, but they're obviously supposed to be like Sam and Dean are in the Mm -hmm. know and they're not, even though that they're kind of doing the same thing. I also feel like that didn't have any payoff. Like they were just pretty much there for a joke. Am I wrong in that? I don't think you're wrong in that, but I let's okay. What kind of payoff were you expecting? Because there's two of them who are also hunters, I was expecting there to be some kind of like at least small revelation about Sam and Dean's relationship with each other or about their relationship with like the job, their job. Yes, I see. I didn't expect that or kind of need it. I completely see why you think that because it does it does have the capability to be that. Absolutely. I thought it was more of an episode that puts Dean and Sam in the context of the real world because every other episode is so heavily from their perspective and you get it without these um, kind of awkward moments with the townspeople and yeah. then with them. And I I don't know. I think especially since media, we have so many. We have ghost adventures. We have paranormal state, paranormal lockdown. We have ghost hunters we have so many countless examples i thought it was more comparison with our world and the world we exist in 
to how this would be separate from that um and just to contrast well so that was another thought i had mm -hmm. was maybe that it was then meant to parallel like what they would be in the real world mm -hmm. but then there were no jokes really i don't think i needed a joke with it like they had the emf reader moment yeah but it would have been funnier if they were like setting up cameras or like doing something in the house I agree, but also think about it that they are not official yet. Okay. They are just pe two guys going around. So I wasn't offended by their presence. I actually liked Ed and Harry. Mm -hmm. It's just as we're here dissecting this, I'm trying in my head to be like, what was the point of Ed mm -hmm. and Harry? I'm still unsure after watching this episode. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> but also I'm a little biased because I will spoil that they do come into the show again. Yeah. um in some capacity so i do feel like for them this is the point where they're they're literally just two guys living in a trailer yeah. in middle of nowhere fucking around with something they think is interesting and it's totally that era where there's so little information online and it's just kind of yeah. like haha this is what it would be like if sam and dean actually met two random think they know everything dudes yeah or if sam and dean were yeah just two random well, think they know everything and like dudes. actually what also kind of surprised me is just kind of looking at having only seen season one mm -hmm. they kind of caused the problem by creating that website yeah and they're the reason that the haunting kept changing and things kept happening so then you would think that they would be the solution so that also feels like a missed opportunity i don't know like i mm. said i'm gonna have to watch the series as a whole i doubt after i watch the series as a whole i doubt ed and harry are gonna be what i'm thinking about but obviously True. i haven't seen the payoff yet but that's, that's funny that you bring up their culpability because i hadn't thought of that um other than I think they weren't the solution because the people who know nothing and are random dudes just messing around would be the ones causing problems in this well, and would not they be able to it be because the Because they were the solution and then it got messed up. And so literally Sam and Dean gave up. But I like that because I think the people who, I don't know, know nothing about it and don't have the respect for it aren't going to be like have the motivations to fix it like sam and dean i yeah that makes sense to me my thing is that in any other episode i feel like sam and dean would have been like straight with them mm. at mm -hmm. a certain point like they would have left and been like okay listen this is what's actually going on this is what we were trying to do by feeding you that mm -hmm. information let's try again and then please shut down that post so that it doesn't come back. Yeah, yeah and I, I agree think with that. because because Ed and Harry are so determined to believe in the paranormal mm -hmm. and the supernatural, they would believe it. Yes, if they were told honestly what was going on. A matter of fact, I don't understand why they didn't then just yeah have like you said been honest with them, mm -hmm. literally left, fix the server, and try again like. I have an idea and I could yeah. be wrong. And this is just my interpretation because this is all between the lines. I think your idea is completely valid. To me, how I took it was that these are two people who don't care. Their motivation it's isn't... It's to get famous. It's to get famous. So they wanted videos of it. They didn't care someone died. <laughs> so to me... Um, That's true. Even if they had explained it, at least I interpreted it as, well, if they can get more famous, I to me this douchebag i hate ed i love the pairing but i hate ed because i know so many men like him 
Right. So I think that's why I kind of see it more negatively. I just like, again, it's wish they would have shown us that instead of us having to literally be sitting yeah. here scratching ourselves, having a circular conversation of what was the purpose of Ed and Harry. Literally, this episode just feels like a shit post to me. Yeah. <laughs> We're putting more energy into their character development and thoughts between their actions of their reactions than the writers yeah that's why it feels like a shit post yes. <laughs> well, so here's here's the thing about this episode tonally i really enjoy it i really enjoy sam and dean in this episode but i am just left feeling very confused mm. yeah like that's that's the thing like if i have my brain turned off i can be like haha that's funny but i can't turn my brain off <laughs> yeah um, I, it reminds me of it, that whenever you're on like Netflix or Hulu, they always have that easy to watch category. Mm. This is the episode of Supernatural that would be in the easy to watch category. Yeah, I think I. Minus the girl getting murdered, that was. <laughs> I am so obsessed with it because I grew up with so many of those shows. That's why I am yeah. so biased in this one. And even today, like I'm going to visit my mom this weekend and she was like, so can we watch spooky shows? And I was like, duh, what else do we do? Because each time we go and watch those not ghost adventures, Zach Baggin can suck my dick, but yes. every other one. <laughs> Are we ready for the fanfic? I'm ready. Okay. So this one is called Going Gray. It's by Domestic Adventures on AO3. The summary is an excerpt, but I'm going to summarize the excerpt. Basically, Dean is trying to insist that he has, like, a gray hair because Sam found one on himself, and they're, like, arguing about it. The characters are Sam, Dean, and Cass. Additional tags are fluff, aging, hair dyeing, pranks, and practical jokes. Yep. I get, Yeah, that makes sense for this episode. Yes. I wanted something fluffy. Would you consider this episode to be a fluff episode? Yes. Yes. Me too. <laughs> it does. I love it. It does nothing for me. <gasps> Basically, the reason, <laughs> the only reason that I would watch this is for the pranks. Yeah. This I is not. This would not be a one. That, one that I would rewatch. Even like knowing that Ed and Harry come back, I would watch the other episodes with them and They're not better. this one. They're yeah. better. I actually enjoyed this episode mm -hmm. just because of how different it is. Mm -hmm. I would recommend watching it. But would I say this is a good episode? Fuck no. <laughs> so <laughs> then maybe honest. we can move into rating, um, rating the episode. Ooh. Since there's not too much to say about Aww. the fanfic that I picked. Just that it's cute. All right. I'm going to rate it three out of five per squeeters. <laughs> <gasps> I did not see that coming. Really? I thought I was like, oh, no, I'm going to say this. And now you both aren't going <laughs> to. Nope. What about you, Allie? I'm going to rate this one. 4.5 ghost chasers. <laughs> not even That's ghost not chasers. <laughs> but my mind will remember this for weeks. I'm so sorry. I love it. It's so fun. And I needed this episode. And I think at a point in the season that's like so dry and difficult to get through at times. It's a breath of fresh air. I I'm with you. I love camp and I love mm -hmm. fluff. I, I vibe with you on that. Thank you. I mean, I also love camp and fluff, but I'm still giving this episode a two out of five dead fish. So <laughs> <laughs> not even a two out of five. It's that smelly dead. Fish yeah, two out of five. that's worse than a zero, I think. At least 
it was the whole episode wasn't built around racism. I was gonna say at least True. it wasn't racist, and I was like, it was. It was, race, racist. It was racist. It's just the narrative wasn't built around racism. Yeah. It was built around misogyny. Yep. <laughs> Which is a side at. of racism. It was like, haha, we're gonna give you some misogyny. Woohoo! Misogyny is. It's the okay main-ish. because we like mentioned the fact that misogyny exists. Oh my god! And also, we really like Buffy, so. We women. love women. Oh my god. <laughs> Females are great. <laughs> this is what I would call the term that's kind of misogynistic that gets thrown around is pick me girls. Mm. This episode was written by pick me boys. <laughs> that's a thing. Absol- is it? Oh, it's absolutely a thing. They're like, look at me. I may be a man, but I totally vibe with you, girl boss. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> i'm sorry (laughs) oh my gosh that was this whole episode yeah because they were gatekeeping the paranormal investigation Mm -hmm. and gaslighting them yeah true and they're always girl bosses so also if you do paranormal investigations like tell me your stories yes oh my god i definitely want to hear people's like spooky cabin stories and ghosts (gasps) they've seen Please. Please. Email. Instagram. I am also on Twitter. And we are also on Tumblr. Tumblr. (laughs) I will literally give you my personal Twitter account. (laughs) I will give you my address. Bottle in the ocean. (laughs) Note on a pink Phone number. No. That will not happen. I know. But please, this would be so lovely to hear your creepy stories. It is my favorite thing. Or prank stories. I want to hear people's pranks. Yeah, tell us your good pranks. What do you think is going to happen next time, Jordan? They just, they're not leaving me any clues. So it is really hard to figure out. Yeah, I think it's about time that we have um, Meg kind of messing (gasps) with some shit. Okay, okay, okay. So I think we're going to have a Meg episode, maybe another demon. We're going to have a demon next episode. Okay, all right, all right. I can't wait. Or a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up at Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTRSupernatural. Or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Bye. Bye. Bye.